1: Hello, and welcome to Broads and
0: Books. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And this is episode number 79, Royals. We can yeah. never
1: be. <laughs> Royals. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going
0: to sing it first? I know, I kind of want to. Moving some oh. shoulders around. You said it's been in your head it
1: is. all week. Because this is the song by Lord, and this song to me is such a great combination of kind of like, chill vibes mm-hmm. but also kind of getting it vibes like yes. it's kind of upbeat but it's not
0: chill slash getting it yeah yes. like you can uh-huh. really get
1: into some dance moves mm-hmm. but it's also like you can just kind of be like yeah you can I'm just be sitting around be
0: yeah mm. you're right it could capture a lot of moods it does
1: that's why i think it was so catchy and it was great songwriting it really was but for our purposes yeah the reason that i picked it was specifically to talk about either wanting A life that you don't have, whether that be a royal or rich, famous, Mm -hmm. or being in that life and not wanting it. Yeah. Or not fulfilling it, not living up to it.
0: So much pressure. Yes. There was a
1: lot of, a wide berth in this theme. Yeah. Where to go with it,
0: but... Speaking of pressure, I just want to check in with your head and how Mm -hmm. you're doing. Since we again did not have big acai today,
1: and last week
0: we went on record with saying that your brain needs superfood in order to function. It
1: does. I will admit that I had it another time this week. Okay. So I'm all right. So you're feeling like in the system, and I did double check my titles before I came, (laughs) even though I wrote the notes because I wrote the notes last week too. Yes, you sure did. Yeah. So I double checked. Got it wrong, and I feel a little bit more settled. Okay. And good prepared. Well, well
0: we'll see how it goes I, huh?
1: I again any mistakes you can blame on i say
0: <laughs> so and again we say come on guys I don't know what's happening also it's the end of 2020 we need you to come back for 2021 we need to start this on a strong yes strong step
1: our our indications are that this is a temporary thing for the holidays this closure this on the be. days that we record that's fine but I can't deal with it I can't I mean, deal with it either pick a different day
0: Ugh. yes it just can't be Sundays. Today. It can't be the holy or day. Or just
1: put it specifically, just someone come in at the time that we need them, do two <laughs> bowls, we're good. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that's
0: almost like we have like a servant or something, like a royal. Yes. That's what Ooh. I'm saying. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I would like that. I, I would pay extra. I'd pay maybe an extra dollar for that. <laughs>
1: I was going to say we tip well, but I'm glad I didn't say that prior to you saying. Nope, I'm not going to tip well. Pay an extra dollar. (laughs) For your trouble. For your trouble. (laughs) Well, okay. So speaking of that, because you alluded to it, if you had a servant, if you were royal, if you were a monarch, Mm -hmm. what would you want the people of your kingdom to say about you?
0: I think what they would say over and over is just keep her fed. Because (laughs) if she gets hangry, you know, heads are going to roll. And so as long as Queen Amy has plenty of snacks around, Mm -hmm. she will be a benevolent leader.
1: So maybe not let them eat cake, let her eat cake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a way better tagline for yes the okay. situation. I want them to say let her eat cake.
1: cake. I don't care if you eat cake. Yep. I just need the cake. Yes. And it's obviously it's going to be need to be vegan. So get that worked out. Exactly. I don't want to hear any. And listen, it's problems. just one. It's just one rule. That's
0: all you got to worry yeah, about. That's not hard. But if if it's not there, then yeah. I'm gonna not be benevolent, benevolent anymore. Good. I'm gonna be real cruel.
1: I think that that's fair. I'm
0: gonna be brutal but fair is what is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, is that work together <laughs> brutal but fair? Yes.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> In my kingdom it's a fair does. kind of brutal. <laughs> so like she is sh- super cruel but I guess we deserved it.
1: Yeah. I yeah. guess I can think of times that something would be fair but brutal. Yeah. Like the Kamala Harris Mike Pence debate. It was fair, but Very it was brutal. brutal. <laughs>
0: Ooh, that would be me. Like, if I don't get my snacks, I'm just going to say, I'm speaking like constantly, yeah. even if I'm not speaking. Right. And someone tries to talk over me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, that is a good example of brutal and yeah. fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, mm-hmm. if you were a monarch, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about uh, what the kingdom will think of you, if you had a rule, what would be the most outrageous rule of your kingdom?
1: Well, it kind of relates to what you said yeah. about the servant. It mm-hmm. would be that I don't I don't really need a personal assistant. I'm not sure what I'm doing that requires a personal secretary, no. whatever. No. I can handle that. Yeah. What I can't handle is cooking and or planning meals. Oh, so no. wherever I go, the person next to me is going to be my chef. That's it. <laughs> because in any situation, I want to be able to be like, ah, uh, curly fries? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, can you make an acai bowl? Yeah. Great. Oh. Ooh, you know what I need right now? A really good latte. C and five. Like oh, I want to be able. I don't want a personal secretary. I don't need someone to write stuff down. for No. Me. I got notebooks. I need someone that can deliver the goods. Man. So ours are kind of related. They are related. I feel like.
0: Are we going to have like co-kingdoms where it's yes. just basically food-based? I mean, yeah. you've talked about your cults and your religions being food-based. Yeah. We this are would be on the message. same principle.
1: This would be the <laughs> same principle. Look, if you keep, as long as you invite her chef, yeah, she'll come. Yeah.
0: Ooh, this is going to be have to be a really good chef too, like on point, like yeah. immediately whatever you want, able to make it, yes. able to kill it.
1: I also like the idea of having a rotating set of chefs, mm, like so yeah. that A, they get time off because mm-hmm. I, I, I run a tight ship and a tough schedule. Yeah, you do. So they need some time off. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But also because I would pick them so that they're proficient in different things. Like, mm. oh, this one's really good at Indian food. Yeah. This one's terrific at acai bowls. Yeah. this one's a fantastic pastry maker oh so goodness. that i could rotate like you know i could have different weeks of like, and depending oh, on your current pastry! cravings exactly yeah. mm-hmm. Ooh, this is gonna be good mm-hmm. i mean what other what else do you need As could you our-
0: then turn that into a reality competition show where people are competing to be able yes. to be part of your chef Who rotation to be
1: the queen queen chef yes Ooh. Yes. And I get to decide on the competitions. Mm -hmm. And you and I are judges. And we judge based on food. Yeah. But also how you handle yourself under pressure.
0: For sure. You're going to need to be cool under pressure. Right.
1: Surprise. We're at a place that has very limited ingredients. But I need for my brains (laughs) an acai bowl. (laughs) What do you do? And that's a lot of pressure. Because- and don't you dare squeeze one of those packets from a grocery store in a bowl and throw some strawberries job, on it. man.
0: Because I will lose it. Yes. I will lose it. We were talking about that earlier because, yeah. Um, yeah, my partner was like, hey, can't you just use some stuff from, you know, the store? And I'm like, no, no, no. you don't get it. no, no. no.
1: And I tried. I yeah. tried. I went down that road. Yeah. And I don't know what they do at Acai Bowl to, that they add to it, but it's delightful.
0: I don't care if they put magic. high fructose corn syrup in there. Just pour it in there.
1: I don't care. <laughs> it is pure sugar.
0: It is delightful. <laughs> I hope they just have a vat of corn syrup and just pour just it in there. Dip it
1: in there and then put it in the yeah, bowl. that yep.
0: works fine mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it works. It makes our brains work. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well taking a step back and saying that you weren't the actual monarch would you yeah. ever date mary be in a relationship with someone that had ties to a royal or prestigious family
0: you know i would say before watching the crown maybe but after watching the crown mm. hell no no and the reason is because maybe that person that you're in a relationship is fine it's great maybe right. you have a good relationship once that family gets involved
1: it's like a cult yeah You're going to have to follow
0: some strict behavioral rules in order to stick around and to have your sanity. And I don't know if I can do
1: that. Yeah, good point.
0: I mean, even if they have a rotating chef on standby,
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's going to outweigh the situations that you're going to be put in. No. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah, I'm going to say a big negatory on that one. Uh, Yeah, I think that's wise. Yeah. Yeah. So don't come at me, princes or princesses. I'm not available. You got that? (laughs)
1: for some reason i thought of the princess from super mario brothers princess peach uh no don't come at me princess peach don't do it don't do it Mm -mm. i don't want anything to do with your peaches
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh well aaron Mm -hmm. let's say Mm -hmm. you found out that oh my goodness you are related to the monarch monarch of another country Uh uh-huh And, oh, my goodness, the rule is going to pass to you. Would you accept? Would you relocate? Would you take it on?
1: No. Why not? I'm going to ask for the King Edward deal. I'm abdicating, but I still want the money. (laughs) I want the allowance. I want the allowance, but I'm out. Like, I don't know enough about your country. You don't need me running things. Mm -mm. I don't need that kind of pressure. No. I mean, okay, maybe if I get the chef thing, I'll try it for like a month. Mm -hmm. But no, I don't think so. I think I just want the money. Yeah And then I'm just gonna keep Living my life Cause he seemed to have A pretty great deal I mean He really did okay. I mean he was on involved, the outs With his family And he did family. get involved With
0: Nazis But you don't have to do that No You, yeah. you could go yeah. a different route Yeah, yeah I yeah.
1: would I'd Skip the Nazi involvement Yep Yep that's, that's sound I You know That whole estrangement From the family I think he could have Worked that a little better I think he was A little yeah. bit You know He kind of egged that on Perhaps by some of the Things he did Man but, we
0: were talking About that earlier Like all of the royals Just seem like assholes right? So yeah Yeah You wouldn't want to be part of that. Just take that money. Yeah. And still be a good person. I'm
1: going to do my thing.
0: Yeah. That's what Hmm. I think. Hmm.
1: Also, it just seems like none of them are happy.
0: No. They're all miserable, entitled
1: pricks. Yeah. And I think that that has to be a direct reflection of this pressure of power and to perform and to keep up this image. Because like we were talking about earlier, I mean, the monarchy exists because people allow it. Yes. I mean, it's solely based on that. Yeah. I mean... So it's so
0: strange that we still have it in today's modern yes, world. That it still exists, it and is. that it's it's in any way involved in government, even as a side sort of thing. It like feels it like just, a house
1: of cards. It really does. So I would imagine that everything feels like the misstep that could cause yes. the destruction. Yes. And I can't live under that kind of pressure because I'm going to make some missteps. You're going to
0: make a lot of missteps. And
1: I don't really want to have to apologize for them. Yeah. And, and if I don't get enough food, I'm going to make so many missteps. Yes. And I'm going to blame you because I'm going <laughs> to say I told you that there was one clear rule. <laughs> so sorry. Where's my damn curly fries and big ass lady. I didn't mean to I say. say that the tax rate was 66%. <laughs> but I didn't eat so I put in a six instead of a zero.
0: That's true. We're going to constantly mess things up. Yeah. And if they stack my day with meetings
1: I can't handle that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't want to talk to leaders of state Mm-mm. I could maybe do like that one scene if you're up on the crown where Margaret Thatcher just calls in cabinet members one after one and fires them and puts a little red check on there. I could do that.
0: Yes, you could. That would be great. You could do very well at that. I would enjoy that
1: very much. That's a good point. There's many moments.
0: I've finished the fourth season. You are still just a few episodes in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, if you feel still akin to Margaret Thatcher Mm. as the years go on. Okay. I mean, there's a a lot to like about her. There's a, a lot to yeah to have other feelings about to have other feelings about yeah Yeah, i agree yeah Mm -hmm. maybe she didn't get enough food maybe that's
1: why that's fair yeah she was a thin lady
0: (laughs) (laughs) or maybe that's just jillian anderson yeah that could be yeah 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 yeah. that's fair that's fair Well, theme of royals Royals. this week, or as you said, you know, having some sort of pressure to accept a role or feeling like you should be something else or you want to be something else. My fiction pick is translated from Spanish. It came out this year, the translation. Uh, It's called Earth Eater by Mm -hmm. Dolores Reyes. And the translator is Julia Sanchez. And the book, we follow a young woman who's in a very poor, very run-down neighborhood somewhere in Argentina, and it's modern times. And for some reason, from a young age, this girl is compelled to eat dirt. Literally, like, eat the earth Mm -hmm. below us. And when she does, she gets visions. And the first time she does it, she realizes what happened to cause her mother's death. So it's always now tied to death. So in school... Shortly after that, she eats some earth. She draws her missing teacher right where they eventually find the teacher's body. Oh! At that, her aunt and her dad freaked out. They take off, leaving her and her brother behind. And she drops out of school. She focuses on drinking beer and playing games because she doesn't want to deal with this weird thing that Mm -hmm. she's got. But word is getting around that this woman, this young woman, can see visions. So people start bringing her jars of dirt. People who are missing someone, a daughter, a Mm. son, someone that's disappeared in their lives. And she, if she eats the earth, she can see what happened to them and give that family some sort of closure, give that family some sort of insight into what's going on. Yeah. Um, One day a cop shows up and she and everyone in their neighborhood are pretty anti-cop But he needs help finding someone. And this sets off sort of a chain reaction of stuff that then pulls you through the rest of the book. And I chose it for this theme because she's got this uh, power that, you know, could conceivably put her above a lot of people but she doesn't she's kind of reluctant she doesn't necessarily want to help people mm-hmm. she doesn't want to have this weird thing that drives away her family and friends and she doesn't want to have like she describes when she eats earth the aches and pains that her body has with trying to digest it but oh. still like it being there and yeah it's super weird and visceral um she kind of wishes she could be someone else mm. and has dreams about it but if there's any pressure to be something, she has pretty few options anyway. She's growing up poor in this neighborhood in a place where a lot of women are killed. So the jars of dirt just keep coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very quick read. I think I finished this in one day. Um, it's under 200 pages. Oh, it's wow. very visceral. Uh, you're you're going to... Uh, I like that there's like sort of a thriller aspect to it because you're propelled along with Mm -hmm. like she has this ability to really solve what's going on and solve crimes but then there's this reluctant reluctant side of that as well that I really liked it for this theme.
1: I like the idea it reminds me of you know sometimes it's really easy to look at something and say oh what a gift but we never look at the razor sharp edge sometimes on the other side of gifts or special skills. Which I think is so related to this topic Mm -hmm. because,
0: you know, we could see some of these people that maybe have power as, oh, you're gifted, but that's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, you know, obviously joke about having someone to make you asa ebos, but then also, you know, you diminish the fact that every single one of your minutes is planned. You're it's very hard to have downtime or moments to yourself and i can't imagine living under that kind of pressure no.
0: and honestly whenever i'm watching the crown or i'm watching anything with any sort of leader the 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 small amount of time that they have and just the amount of the packed schedule it makes me sweaty yeah, it makes me anxious for like, sure. oh my god i would never be able to handle multiple days of that yeah let alone years of that and no break
1: Especially things you
0: don't want to do over and over
1: and over. And you have to like smile and act like it's great because everybody's watching you during that. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Leadership sounds terrible. Just give me the money. Like you said. I'm out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somebody else deal with this shit. Yes. Yes. Well, my fiction pick this week is called Bad Habits by Amy Gentry. Ooh. And this came to us um, actually via her agent. It's actually going to be published in February of 2021. So we got a sneak peek
0: look. Because that's did. where we are. I Boom. Know, that kind of feels and like we're royals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she has written a couple other books. Um, but this I tore through. I'm telling you right now. Ooh. It is worth the pre-order. You should do it. Um It's a kind of a psychological thriller. The author herself, Amy Gentry, she has a PhD in English from Chicago University, but she lives in Austin, Texas. So this mainly centers around, excuse me, two friends, Mac or Mackenzie Claire Woods, as Mm. she's known. She grew up as a pageant child. She was, her mom put her in pageants and she performed and she won. She was this great, had this great following and she was going to be big until her father left the family and her mother spun out and her special needs sister was required a lot of attention. And that was basically all that the family could get done. But ultimately that has left her with a sense of not being worthy with not belonging and certainly a lot of familial guilt about what she should do. So as she's growing up in her freshman, sophomore year of high school, she meets Gwen who is The exact opposite of Mac. She has everything. She's beautiful. She's smart. Her parents are wealthy. So they have all the connections. So everything's sort of just fallen in her lap. But they become great friends. And they go through high school together. And at the point when they're going to go to college, of course, Gwen gets a great, great college bid because her, her parents are connected. And Mackenzie, not so much. So they go to undergrad separately. But they meet up again to go to grad school. And they both get into a program, Gwen basically, again, because not that she isn't smart. She was very accomplished. But with the family connections, Mac had to work really hard. And they end up in a, a grad situation called the program. Oh. And it is very intense, very intellectual. It's going to be like unlike anything either of them have experienced. But they move in together. Um, you know, They're going to share rent duties. And they're going to try and work this out. Well, now, Mac, with the background she has, she's going to have to have a job. Gwen, of course, doesn't. So right away, it sets up this terrible cycle for Mac trying to earn money, trying to keep uh, up with the reading, trying yeah. to write papers, trying to do all this. And in the meantime, they get caught up in this very weird uh, atmosphere with these professors and these doctorates of people who run the program, who seem to almost be using the students as their own kind of like guinea pigs in their own future endeavors and oh, their no. own books and their own writing. And they get caught up in this needing to be wanted, needing to be the one, the chosen one. So the story goes back and forth between present day, where you learn that for some reason they grew apart and they have met each other at a conference in 2021. They happen to run into each other at a bar. Mac now calls herself Claire, her middle name, and Gwen is there. And you can tell that they haven't seen each other for quite a few years, but you don't know exactly what happened. So we're going back and forth between the hotel conference and what happened in the program. So you kind of realize early on it's not a story of like happy friendship reunited, (laughs) but more a story of how much one can lose themselves when they're trying to keep up with something so vastly different, when they have this need to be accepted, this need to be something that they're not by nature, how much they're willing to sacrifice to get there. And I I picked it for this theme this week because, first of all, it's a great read. It's gripping. It's a really good thriller and has very intriguing characters. But also because it's all about pretending to be something you're not or striving to be something that your roots didn't allow you to be. Mm -hmm. Thinking kind of that the grass is greener on the other side. You know, if I had all of this, it would be fine. Um, Max kind of always in that mode of like, oh, if I had Gwen's money, all the things I could do. And Gwen doesn't totally ever seem to understand where Max come from Mm -hmm. and the sacrifices she's had to make. She doesn't totally understand her family situation. So they're both kind of trying to fulfill this role, but coming from two different places to do it. Really interesting. Um, The writing is terrific. I highly recommend her as an author. I highly recommend this book. It's got a terrific ending. Um, It is twisty and weird and you feel kind of caught up in it too. And you can see some very real life uh, relatability in sometimes in higher education.
0: Yeah, for you, sure. You know, getting mm-hmm. sort
1: of caught up in that this is the only thing that exists and matters. And there's some other people in the program that come and go that are kind of trying to put that out there. Like, hey, this isn't the end all be all. Yeah. Like these people aren't gods. Like they're professors and doctors. You can disagree with them. Yeah, You can go your own way. Um, but when you're in it, you don't see that as anything else. The goal is to become one of them, Yeah, to have the power, to be the royal on campus. Yeah. So,
0: Ooh, the program, how omin- ominous too. I know, right? Yeah. The
1: program. Yeah. It was, it's very uh, interesting, especially in terms of a thriller and mm-hmm. in, in what we um, kind of consider a thriller because it's very different leading up to that point. And it's just an interesting, almost character study about mm-hmm. two people that seem very relatable that you could see this happening. All of it seemed so plausible. So
0: that's great for this theme too because yeah. I, I love that idea of like, you know, Royalty and money, like looking great, yes. but when it comes down to it, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be, or the the sacrifices you have to make to get there are just too
1: much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, some people are willing to do that, and some people mm-hmm. aren't. It's very it, it it has a lot to say. I think a lot of other things to say. So I'll be, I will not be surprised if it gets a lot of buzz and a lot of praise because yeah. it's it's definitely worth it. And you so. got a sneak peek. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never be a royal, but. I got to read a book before it came out. So yeah, you <laughs> basically did. the same. So thing. in the book
0: world, that's what it is. You
1: may have a private jet mm. to go to Zimbabwe, but I got a free book.
0: <laughs> um, well, so for other genre, mm-hmm. pick, um, I chose a memoir from 2016 uh, called Darling Days by I.O. Tillett Wright. And you may recognize that name from the Billy Balls podcast that I mentioned a few episodes ago. And this is the creator. Um, Io was born in downtown New York in the 80s. And Io's mom, who you'll recognize from that podcast, is a showgirl. But she's also an addict. And she's also just scary as F. I mean, she is fierce. She is. She loves hard. She hates hard. Mm. They, when she's born, when Io is born, um, they are barely hanging on in one of the most rundown sections of the city. And Dad is around, but he's also not around mm. for a long time. Io doesn't understand that their life, the one um, Io has with Mom, is and one that is scrounging for food and constant dance classes and movie auditions, isn't necessarily normal mm-hmm. or. Io doesn't also recognize that there's maybe a danger to mom. Like there's mm-hmm. some there's some real dangerous stuff mm-hmm. happening. Io does understand though from an early age that they're not truly a girl. Um, Io adopts this persona of Ricky around age six and presents as a boy long into adolescence. So, the stress of living like Io and mom do starts wearing Io down. Mom is terribly needy, yet very neglectful at the same time. Like Mm. I said, Io constantly has to budget to buy, like, food from, you know, wherever or steal food wherever he can. Like, it's it's very strange until a teacher one day understands something's going on, offers help, and Io has to make some choices that really no kid should have to make. Mm. And this then, the book, follows Io into Europe – follows io as he transitions back into being a girl but adopting this queer identity and then into adulthood and i chose it for this theme because growing up io knows they're loved knows both mom and dad are doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And when Io says, for example, like, I'm actually a boy at age six, the parents say, sure, of course, and love Io no matter what. But at the same time, both parents, and especially mom, are extremely damaged and are passing that down mm. and are deep into drugs, both of them. Like, it's it's a very dangerous situation, like I said. Mm-hmm. Mom especially just has this idea that all that matters is love, that... You know, food, safety, care. That, you know, that stuff doesn't matter as much. Mm -hmm. Just the the fierce and protective love that she has. So Aya wishes to be something else. A normal kid with a normal home. Or later, a different gender. And the pressure of the family, especially mom is palpable mom continually says over and over again that the police are nobody's friends that outsiders are never welcome don't tell anyone outside the family their business don't tell teachers don't tell cops so what we get is a really heartbreaking memoir but one that's also filled with a lot of laughs and joy too Um, at the time of writing this io identified more as a woman but has since transitioned to male Mm -hmm. so you'll see that if you follow io on social which you should the tag is Io loves you. That's the account everywhere. I will also say, I ordered this directly from Io's webpage, and when I got it, it was signed to me, and I about had a I had a heart flutter. You did. I I you, took a picture. I sent it to you, mm-hmm. and I said I'm in love.
1: And I said you should be.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It was so nice. It was just a really like unexpected. Oh
1: my god, oh, Io yeah. does love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, just a super cool thing to do in general. Such for, a cool as an author. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And that wouldn't have happened if I had ordered the book anywhere else. But ordering it directly from IO's oh, store yeah, is really yeah. nice. That that was the nice touch. That yes, oh. yeah. So that book passed through IO's hands and came to me. That is... and so we are connected now.
1: Yeah. So you're like one step away, right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I, for other genre pick this week, I picked a book that's actually an anthology. It's called Unspeakable Acts True Tales of Crime, Murder, Deceit, and Obsession. And it's edited by Sarah Weinman, who I had recommended quite some time ago for Troubled Daughters, Twisted Wives. Oh, yeah. And the introduction of this is done by Patrick Keefe who wrote Ooh, Say Nothing, yes. which you recommended. Uh-huh. Um, so this is an anthology of true crime writing essays that were, there's one by Sarah Weinman in it, but she kind of curated and edited it, um, 13 pieces. And she divided it into three sections and the first section is just narrative true crime kind of essays that she thought were incredibly well written um, my favorite in that section was by pamela call up it's called the reckoning and it's about a pregnant college student who was a victim of the 1966 sniper attack at the university of texas oh yeah and she survived um, obviously friends her unborn baby did not and it follows her from that time the author of the article does this amazing job of taking you all the way through her life today. And it is such an interesting look at a mass shooting situation, at how much damage is done that we don't see after the fact. And particularly at this time, that was not something that was talked about. So she specifically speaks a lot about going back to the University of Texas and feeling like it was very clear that the directive was don't talk about it. We don't We're just going to kind of bury this, which for her was incredibly jarring because she had all these very visceral memories. She lost a lot that day. Very different than what we see now. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's uh, there's a few narrative true crime essays and it goes into the second section, which is called Where Crimes Meet Culture. So this has more to do with kind of society and where we're at now and some of the things that have, you know, social media, some of the other things that have come along and how that's affected crime and particularly the true crime genre. My favorite essay slash article in that section is called The Ethical Dilemma of Highbrow True Crime by Alice Bolin. And honestly, it was probably my favorite in the whole book. And it's the reason I picked it for this theme. Um, She really delves into this idea that As true crime became really popular, there seemed to be this thing that emerged that like there's highbrow true crime and then there's like the true crime of ID and oxygen and like all the crazy true crime stories. And so there seemed to be this thing that people wanted to separate themselves like, oh no, I I do highbrow true crime. It's like
0: literary fiction versus fiction or something. And so she's
1: really challenging that because she's saying really true crime is highbrow true crime is actually pretending to be something that it's not. Uh It's actually doing damage sometimes that people don't see because they think it's something else. So she talks a lot about uh, the show Making a Murderer and how they sell that as a documentary. And she would kind of put that in the highbrow true crime, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're trying to take you through procedurals and analysis of all this stuff. And in reality, what they're doing is being an advocate. But if you're going to advocate for someone you really can't tell the same story as everyone else. Hmm. So they chose to leave out facts. They chose to oh. leave out evidence that maybe didn't support what they were saying because they be- they became very enthralled in making sure that this certain message got out. So if you look at that kind of across the board, it sort of flips the script on what's highbrow and not. So she kind of makes argument things like Dateline, where you're getting the procedure, you're getting the story, and that's it is actually probably more the highbrow than the other side where, has maybe a yes, on documentary something. people yeah. are going in and maybe sometimes they're mucking around in something they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something that doesn't need to be told about this story or it's too voyeuristic or you're taking a side that doesn't really help anyone. Mm-hmm. So she talks about the show Serial and how that got popular. There, it, it is a very interesting article and it reminded me a lot of the conversations we've had about why true crime is so popular yeah. and why people get fascinated by it. And I, I really like, how she put all that together it brought a lot of interesting thoughts to my head um you know i don't i don't really consider myself in either category i enjoy shows from both sides of the aisle Mm -hmm. so it was interesting to hear that argument because you can see that happening in the genre for sure and i i think overall is part of the reason i picked it for this theme because it talks a lot about the idea that it's given us this power as viewers to feel like we're somehow involved in these stories. Mm-hmm. It's given a lot of people permission to go online and insert themselves in stories that they have no business being inserted in yeah. or making victims or people related to the perpetrator's lives a lot worse yeah. because they can get a hold of them. And in some cases, I've had a direct result on the case outcome or how something gets decided in court uh, because of yeah. public opinion. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot Of interesting sort of dilemmas to be discussed there and I thought it was done really well and that's why it popped right into my head for Mm -hmm. this theme because it's all of us kind of thinking oh yeah we're kind of amateur sleuths Uh and then
0: yep we're all amateur detectives we can all do it but we maybe don't have the training we need. Yeah. Or we don't know. Or like you said, just people on social media, quick to judge, quick to. Yeah. You know, insert maybe they themselves. don't mean, yeah. you know, maybe
1: they're not malicious, but they don't realize by inserting themselves, you know, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and the idea that we think that we have a right to know about every single part of yeah. true crime or mm-hmm. like she said, it was just so interesting to think about. The difference between highbrow and lowbrow and that yeah you're kind of right on dateline we're not getting a lot of opinion whereas when you're watching sometimes documentaries for sure you can tell where the director the producer writer kind of skewed it where they Mm -hmm. wanted it to go so. And in
0: some ways, I feel like now I'm almost used to that, because if I yes. don't feel like I know where the story is going, I'm almost frustrated. Like, I want I want a story that tells me beginning, middle, end. Yeah. And that's not how life is. Mm-mm. That's not how true crime is. No. Yeah.
1: But I also could recognize that the documentaries that I've really, truly enjoyed are those that I take me on a journey where I think I know where it's going, and oh, then yeah. they challenge that mm-hmm. thought process. They kind of show you your own bias by challenging the assumptions you made along the way by Mm -hmm. what they showed you. Um, So, yeah, really interesting article. The third section is about justice in society. And my favorite from that uh, section is called How a Forensic Science Spread Like a Virus by Leora Smith. And this has to do with how blood spatter became known as a forensic science and became accepted in court even though there's actually no scientific backing for it there are no studies that have been done that say that any of this is true um, there ha- there's no like long-term studies to be able to say that this should be something that someone puts in a courtroom but it happened so fast and so quickly and it just took off and no one really took the time to challenge it uh. it's, I, like the first case of it was in 1985 I think and th- it just never got challenged from there. But when you really think about it, the article really challenged me to think. And I had heard that before, I think, that blood spatter is. But I started thinking about it and I thought, you know, that's so true because, okay, we all have different blood types, Mm -hmm. which we've learned can have a lot to do with a lot of things. My blood can be different based on the medications I'm taking. So I would assume the thickness or thinness of my blood is going to change how the splatter pattern is. Just based on that alone, how could it be a, si- a, a precise science? Oh, my God. Because you would never know what someone's, you know, what you don't generally know what medication they're on at that point when you bring in a, you know, they're that not taking all of so that. makes me so
0: frustrated mm-hmm. that, yeah, that these things that are held up as uh, definitive. Yeah. And there's just... a lot of
1: cases of it later being like, yeah, that's not true. The staircase is a good example oh, of yeah, that show. Yeah. You know, the blood splatter guy was later proven to find out that he basically lied in all of the all the trials he was in because there was no really definitive way to say what he was saying. And I think that's true. I mean, think about if you drop something in your kitchen.
0: Yeah, my blood spatters everywhere. Yeah,
1: there's that. How do you get that down to a science? And so such a simple concept Mm -hmm. that never really got challenged. It's it's very interesting. I really, that article is fascinating to me and it's definitely a topic I want to read more about. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I picked for this theme because true crime interest is at an all time high. It definitely propels all of us into feeling like we're right in the middle of it. And I think that creating that subculture of all of us being detectives and amateur sleuths is part of the reason that true crime is popular. It sort of gives you a purpose and yes, you sort of, you sort of don't feel okay saying that true crime is entertaining when mm-hmm. in reality that's what we're all doing it's is so being entertaining. entertaining.
0: Yeah. And even the word true crime, like these kinds of shows and everything have been around forever, but it feels like true crime has been a, a name only maybe in the last decade or something. Like we're naming yes. it something to make ourselves feel better about it.
1: Yeah. And she really delves into that too in the highbrow article about, you know, is it's okay if it's just entertaining. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to have this altruistic purpose. And that's trying to be something that it's not, it for sure. But we're sort of all making ourselves feel better by saying, you know, listen.
0: I know I'm not a detective. I'd be a terrible detective. Right. So yes. I don't need to pretend I'm something
1: I'm not. Exactly. It reminds me a way in in what I always say about reality TV. Like there are people that like that and don't like that. Wherever you fall down, mm-hmm. great. I love housewives and it is trash it is a garbage (laughs) show and I know that and it is entertaining and that's why I like it but
0: we've always talked about that there's no shame in whatever you like or don't like I don't care and
1: that's what I think we get too caught up in and an argument would be made that social media does a lot of that for sure we feel very strongly on this podcast and have discussed it multiple times that we want you to read what you want to read if it's entertaining and you like it, Absolutely.
0: do it. Especially in this damn year. Yes. We want read, readers. Read, watch, period. whatever you want. Yes. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Huh. So I cannot express how good this book is. Oh, I know man. maybe it's, I mean, an anthology, sometimes those oh, no, can be that different. Oh, no, sounds terrific. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. So well written, all the articles. Excellently curated. Love how she divided it into sections. There is so many things I didn't even cover. Um, In the last section, they follow a doctor at Temple University who deals with gunshot victims. She's a trauma surgeon. They talk about that. Um, There's another one about checkpoints and how much border patrol, how much more power they have than anyone realizes, and how they don't have to follow constitutional law. Oh no! So interesting. And honestly, it's a must-read. If you're a true crime enthusiast, you should read it for sure. And I hope that there's other volumes of this because i'm sure there's a myriad of articles i've missed be. yeah yeah that are wonderful and i so i hope that sarah Weinman put some more together because she was perfect to do this and Excellent. put it all together it was amazing good choice yeah it's so good also how's your eye it is it's it's a thing it's yeah it's, it's, it's red it yeah. looks like you're crying it's a thing we can stop no it's okay take... okay I, i'm gonna confess something to oh, you let's on hear air it. okay yeah Usually, I take a Benadryl before I come. Oh, no. <laughs> and I th- I don't think I did. And so, I think it's probably just some dander that got in there. These are my cats trying to kill you. I know. It's okay. I mean, I don't think they... Well, they're not around, so it does feel nefarious for some reason. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying
0: to think if I have any. I don't have no, any Benadryl. No, no. It, it'll yeah. work itself out. It's fine. Okay. I could just tell because it's that kind of itchy. Oh, like, at first gosh. I thought something was on my contact, but uh-huh. no,
1: it's just the, yeah, tingly. I mean, itchy.
0: Ziggy did come right up to you today and he then did. put his mouth on your bag as yeah. well as your phone. He did. And so... that was my mistake.
1: I should have, you know. Hey. Not you are inviting. He's
0: the abuser here. Don't blame yourself. <laughs>
1: well don't let him
0: get away with that so oh boy well pop culture wise I mean it's actually kind of true crime but it's a a adaptation of it ooh so this is a um, a produced show based on an insane news story it's called A Very English Scandal from 2018 it's starring Hugh Grant what yes Ah.
1: I love Hugh Grant.
0: And you're going to love him in this. Okay. Hugh Grant, Ben Wishaw, among others. And it's a very short binge. It's three episodes Mm. of about an hour each. It's on Prime. Okay, okay. Like I said, insane true story. Jeremy Thorpe, played by Hugh Grant, Mm -hmm. is an English politician. And when we meet him in the early 1960s, he's this very ambitious parliament member. And he's gay, but at this time, this is illegal. So it's all undercover. He meets Norman, played by Ben Wishaw, who is a very young, impressionable guy. And they start up a relationship. Relationship. And Jeremy breaks it off shortly after moving on to the next young thing mm-hmm. as he does. Um, and he thinks that he's collected all evidence of their relationship, but he has not. There's some private notes that are still out there. So then we then follow the two of them over time. Jeremy Jeremy, uh, Thorpe becomes the leader of the Liberal Party of Parliament um, in the late 60s. And Norman has some brief success as a model. Hmm. But mostly, Norman feels betrayed and desperate by this whole affair. Okay, And he tries multiple times to put pressure on Jeremy, even blackmail him, to get his due. Which is when Jeremy, to his friends, starts talking about killing Norman. To say... (laughs) Uh-oh. Again, leader of the Liberal Party. Uh oh. To say more would spoil some of the twists and turns. And okay. there are a hell of a lot of them. Okay. Which are hilarious, cringy, oh. shocking, and just incredible. Eventually, there's a very public trial in which Jeremy Thorpe is put on trial for conspiracy to murder. Oh. And it's a trial both in the press and courts, which becomes sort of a lightning rod for gay rights. Because at this point, this is the 70s, uh, uh, homosexuality has been decriminalized. So it's out there. But yet there's this whole other element of potential murder. Right. So I chose it for this theme because Jeremy Thorpe, he's born into privilege. He's born into leadership. He's bound for important, famous things. There's a lot of pressure in that, but also incredible privilege. And Norman is a nobody. He's Mm -hmm. a stable boy when they meet. Um, And their relationship is all about people who should be something else. Neither of them, by law, at the time they meet, should be gay. But when it comes down to it, Norman, because he's a nobody, he's going to bear the brunt of anything. Mm -hmm. He's going to bear the punishment. But over the course of the show, that switches back and forth. Like, who has the power Mm. in this situation? I mean, Hugh Grant is having a sort of moment. He
1: He was in this.
0: He was in The Undoing recently. Uh, Yes. Um, Here, he is funny. Mm. He is mean. He is nefarious. And as you watch, I want you to keep reminding yourself this is a true story.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want you to go home and watch that. I'm excited. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think for so long, Hugh Grant was just rom-com guy. Yeah. But increasingly, he's taken on these more and more complex roles. He's f- funny role. Like, I am such a huge fan now, mm-hmm. right now, of what he's doing.
1: I saw an interview with him and Seth Meyers. When, yes. The, the undoing. Yes. And my favorite part of that interview is when he said, yeah, this is the first show of mine that my wife's watched because she hated everything <laughs> else I did. <laughs> like, she hates rom-coms or whatever. So she's like, no, I don't want to see that.
0: Also, him being interviewed is also a whole other character because he just, he will say what he thinks. Yes. He also talks routinely about how he thinks he's terrible. Yes. I'm like, oh,
1: buddy, you've got an inferiority complex. Come on I now. Know. Like when Seth Meyers said, oh, my wife and I are watching it. We love it. And he's like, I highly doubt that. But <laughs> OK. <laughs> What? <laughs> like, no, literally, everyone is watching the show. Like, literally, this
0: is a thing, and yeah. everyone loves you. Yeah, you got to accept that.
1: Yes. Yeah. There you go. Very English scandal. Good for him. I love it. Okay. Well, for my pop culture pick this week, I'm uh, recommending a podcast.
0: Do you have the correct theme or the correct title? I, I mean. do, okay, and I double
1: checked. It's put great. out by Wondery. Okay. It's called Even the Rich. Ooh. And the hosts Brooke uh, Cyprin and Arisha Skidmore Williams tell stories of some of the greatest family dynasties in history. Oh. So they give you some behind the scenes information. It's kind yes. of a a gossipy feel but based in fact. So it's it's somewhat scripted. I mean, it's the two of them taking you through the stories, but it is fascinating. It's stuff that you're not just going to get by doing a basic, you know, internet search on any of these things. So they've done it about the Murdochs, the Carters as in Jay Z and Beyonce. Oh, those uh, Carters. Meghan Markle. Oh my goodness. Princess Diana, the House of Versailles, JFK Jr. and Carolyn Bessette. They have and a lot of them are multiple episodes for each of those wow. things. Uh, the Meghan Markle one, I listened to um, sometime this past summer, and I think they're just they're updating it again. Um, and I haven't gotten to those episodes, but just the way that they told her story in those was fascinating and interesting wow. it was a lot of stuff i didn't even realize didn't know about the history um it's for me i think if you are a fan of the crown this is a great addition you could listen to the Meghan markle princess diana yeah. ones and kind of get some information about it um and i picked it for this theme because as we've covered you know being rich and royals not really all it's cracked up to be yep and even the rich have problems well, and family man. drama and things that but the carters away. don't have
0: problems right like beyonce and jay-z they they they're, don't have any I mean, of those
1: they're solid yeah <laughs> i mean there's a few things <laughs> I mean, right? besides
0: that very public revenge album that she yeah put out. and that yeah. whole elevator situation yeah that too yeah yeah
1: lemonade oh, okay. is that what you're referring yep. to yeah yep. yeah lemonade. that mm-hmm. thing that was a real thing that was a real how you, thing how do you feel about being that lady oh, my god
0: becky with the good hair yeah yeah that, I mean, everyone's going to hate you.
1: How could they not? Right. You, I mean, Queen Bee and her hive is a real thing. That's legit.
0: Yeah, like she's an actual queen. Like mm-hmm. she
1: commands
0: an army of millions. Yeah. At their computers. Yes. And their mobile devices.
1: Yes. 100% yes. They, her they, kids can, they now can sell her. things. Yeah. With just showing it on their... Instagram. I
0: mean, like historical kings and queens could, you know, lead armies into battle. She could lead a lot of people into battle. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: So this, I wouldn't say this is like, um, you know, history buffs this is probably not going to be the same type of thing that you would expect from like a straight across like history book. Sure. It's a little more like friendly, like you're talking to friends and you're like, hey, did you hear this story? But that's what I like about it. Yeah. It's sort of a nice palate cleanser with some information and sometimes you need that, especially damn, you in do. this day and age. Yes. So I really enjoy it. I really like both of the hosts. They kind of play off each other and it's entertaining. It's interesting and you're left with some thoughts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I huh, like being left with thoughts. You're right, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And then sometimes that's helpful. Yes. I mean, it
0: does make you feel better if you're not super rich to know that hey, even if I got super rich, I'd still have problems, maybe, still even have problems.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. maybe even more. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Maybe even more.
0: Good I mean, point. there's always been the the thing about like lotto winners, right? That like that's the yes. worst thing that happens to them. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. everyone's coming with their handout. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most of them end are uh, file bankruptcy. It's like within five years of oh, winning God. the lottery. Yeah. It's it's a staggering. I mean, statistic. I wouldn't do
0: that. I'd be way better at managing my lottery. Right. Money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hence the fallacy of all lottery winners. <laughs> i think we all think that right and then i would
0: spend it on reese's pieces and cat i know things
1: i actually believe that because mike and i've had this conversation i think there are certain types of people that like i just would no one would know no like i would just have that you would just feel comfortable i think knowing it would
0: be such a wonderful feeling to just know you don't have to like scrape by yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly yeah,
0: mm-hmm. we could be the millionaires next door that no one knows.
1: Yeah, I don't have any desire to have like matching Ferraris. Like, no. there just wouldn't be anything like that, you no. know. I might take some lavish trips that yeah. people are like, "Oh wow, that's even like we saved for days." I mean, I, mean, I
0: might years. buy a lot of vegan chocolate donuts at Whole Foods. <laughs> you
1: probably I would get, get, them get some every delivered. time. You could probably get them, get them delivered. delivered.
0: I would. Yeah, yeah. you're right. I yeah. wouldn't worry about the. i oh, see how
1: fast the snowballs. Now I'm convincing you not to go to the store, but just have them to your house.
0: That. I I have to hire a chauffeur and like an assistant and oh i see how it's going now i see yeah. how it yep. snowballs I see how it that's is. what just
1: happened yeah. i just spent oh, all of damn your it. millions God on damn it, Aaron. donuts and reese's pieces
0: and i was gonna buy my cats all sorts of you know fun toys because they don't have enough
1: no they don't no and then they'll just like kids play with the packages and not yes, the toys yes they will yes, mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. they'll be like you
0: ungrateful bastards i won the lottery
1: yeah treat me with a little <laughs> bit of respect <laughs> I am constantly entertained by the fact that it's kind of like watching you raise a toddler with Ziggy. Like yeah. you have to go through all the same stages yeah. and... The fact that I never
0: wanted children of my own—it is a weird sort of karma that I don't know what I did to deserve this. I I
1: think it's just 2020. uh,
0: Oh my god, you're right. It is. Yeah, because he came right in the smack middle of 2020. Look
1: what happened. You are going to go into 2021 with three cats that you knew nothing about at the beginning. Nothing about. I had
0: no goals to get all of these cats. No,
1: you had a different cat actually. I did.
0: (laughs) Who (laughs) actively tried to murder you? And
1: then this is what this year has done. That seems like so long ago. So long ago. now you have.
0: You're right. It's 2020 that made Ziggy so goddamn adorable that I couldn't leave him out no, alone no. in the wilderness. No,
1: I think nature, that was nature's joke. It like was. they were like, oh, we found one. Yeah, this we- is going to work. <laughs> here have this three pound kitten yeah yeah like here's some entertainment for us Mm -hmm. like we watch true crime they're like oh let's watch (laughs) that
0: let's watch this woman that never wanted to have children okay well it didn't work when it had
1: a lot of brothers and sisters Well, the mom's still
0: around do we kill the mom that seems harsh yep that's exactly you do do. that's
1: what happens (laughs) yep yep and it's an orphan and now it's impossible to say no
0: i don't know if i ever told that full story here on the podcast but no it's what happened no like all the family <laughs> he knows. He knows his family history. Okay, good. But yeah, just a real quick thing. His sisters and brothers—they were all born feral. They disappeared one day. Then mom got hit by a car, and then Ziggy was just all alone. Yeah. I had to bring him
1: inside. Yeah. Except
0: I, his deadbeat dad's still out there, and he yeah. comes hunting. Or he comes around for food.
1: Yeah. And we hope that Ziggy is really rubbing in his face when he comes. Yeah. Like, like, like look what I got inside. Mm. Oh, you, you didn't, didn't want me, uh, and now I have a house. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. You're out in <laughs> she feeds me all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's and what's I have happening. And toys and a bed and other beds that I steal <laughs> from other cats. you, dad. Yeah.
0: yeah How's that's it what he's out saying. there
1: in the snow? hmm So mm-hmm.
0: that's where 2020 took me.
1: And I think it's the natural conclusion <laughs> of 2020, really. I mean.
0: You're right, though. This has been a long year. Oh, good Lord. It has. And I know we're going to, we still have another episode before the end of the year, but Jesus right i'm done with it
1: i am too yeah
0: 2020 a bust and you're about done with it because your eye is just getting real red
1: (laughs) that's good
0: so i think that means we're almost near the end of the episode because aaron's gotta leave it's true and get an EpiPen.
1: yeah probably probably (laughs) but i'll be back next week with or without my eye i'll wear a patch i will commit whatever you need i will be here i'm
0: glad i'm glad
1: so in the meantime
0: happy reading I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women, and one night of doing this and it's broken things open. The dreams are—they're in me and they're—they're they're coming out of me. And to me, I'm I am not broken. broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I, their despair. I, wait, despair. For the I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Which? Which? Look at the madwoman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. (laughs) Because now this is, this is some sort of record... What are these dreams? (laughs) Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, And your favorite podcast platform. That's W Y R D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.